What a good day to be together and to uh, share together in the, uh, the worship that we have on this beautiful uh, day in, uh, in May. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil and want to welcome you to worship at uh, New Horizon United Methodist Church in the uh, southwest area of Broward County in South Florida. It's a good day for us to be together. It's a good day to worship God and to lift up our praise, and that's what we come together today for. So let us join together in prayer and song and sharing in God's word in the community of faith. Good morning, everyone. Those are watching, those that are here, would you be a part of our worship this morning? God, we thank you for a wonderful day, God. We thank you for bringing us together again to a place where we can call your name, we can worship you, we can adore you, we can give you all the praise because it belongs to you. So God, today we ask you, God, that you'll come down in a mighty way and God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Let it rise. Praise the Lord, rise among us, and the praise 
worthy to be praised. Is that amen?
amen. You, you may be seated. I don't know if you uh, noticed as you, uh, as you uh, entered into worship or I- engaged online um, that we have scrolling and streaming um, before the service begins uh, opportunities for, for service and opportunities for engaging in the life of the church and, and different things. And there was uh, a, some beautiful slides on there with uh, some information about our United Methodist Church's response to, um, to the disasters and the wars and the natural things that happen that devastate people's lives. And the agency that is part of our church is uh, affectionately called UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief. And its work around the world is to provide that kind of relief, to in, engage in uh, communities and people's lives in ways that support and encourage them and lift them up in the midst of life's tragedies. And so we want to, as we talk about our, our pegs, our foundation uh, of what keeps us going as, as a community of faith, how we pray, engage, and give and serve, we want to lift up that opportunity to, uh, to give and to serve and to engage in the Christian life of, uh, of engaging as a community, not only here locally but around the globe through our United Methodist Committee on Relief and the work that they are doing. They are significantly involved in the refugee support and care uh, revolving around the war in the Ukraine and in that area of of Europe. And so there is great support and work being done with the refugees that are there. There are other natural disasters that happened around the globe from time to time that they are uh, always invested in. I know for me personally, when the UMCOR volunteers and support showed up when we were uh, recovering from Hurricane Andrew, it was a great blessing. So this is an opportunity for us to be a blessing uh, to others around the globe and around the world, particularly those who are refugees at this time because of the war, and to support the work that is being done through uh, this great aid program, our, our relief program through the United Methodist Church. So I encourage you to, uh, to give and to pray in ways that uh, connect us with the world and with those that are recovering and uh, trying to find home and normalcy in the midst of of horrible situations. Let us uh, turn our hearts towards prayer and, of course, remember those who are um, exiled, refugees. Remember those who are um, opening new chapters in life. This is a season of time when a lot of transitions happen. And so let's bow our, our hearts in prayer as we as we lift up those. O Lord, as we come together today, we come together with praise and thanksgiving for your blessings in our lives. And we claim you as our God. But we also gather, Lord, in solidarity with the community around us in which we live and our global community. Lord, as we uh, pray this day, we We pray for those who are refugees in this world. For those who are seeking asylum and help and and health and wholeness by coming to the southern borders of this country. And also those who are escaping the violence of war in their homes. Lord, we, uh, we pray for your healing work your restorative work to be done in those lives. And we pray that you lift up the church, the church universal, 
to truly be the extension of your love and your care and your compassion in the most desperate of times. Lord, we also pray this day for transitions in life. There are so many of our family and friends who are graduating during this season. And while that marks a completion, it also is a door opening for the transition into what is next and what is to come. Lord, we pray for those who are searching and discovering new work and new jobs. We pray for the many who are transitioning from home to home as we have seen the housing markets in our communities just run wild, which means people are moving. And Lord, we pray for them and those that will come to us and those that are leaving us. Lord, we... uh, We pray for all anywhere who are going through those transitions, transitions of choice, transitions that happen because of life circumstances. For those who are finding a new way of life as they go through the tragedies of illness and recovery and living living with conditions that make life change. Lord, we pray for your wholeness and your compassion and your mercy to be shown and to be experienced. And Lord, we know that the way that you do that is through your people, through your children. And so, Lord, we pray that your Spirit would move in us today and each and every day, that we might be the hands and the feet of your work, that we may truly be the body of Christ reaching out to this world. Lord, we pray that your children, your community of faith, that each of us would be followers of Christ in word and in deed and in actions that we take every day. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we come to you and bring you these, our prayers, and pray as he taught us to pray. Our Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do stand as we sing a love song to the Lord.
and may be seated. I have so many things bringing up. I am Pastor Peyton, and I'm excited to get to share with you today our scripture and our message. And you would think that I was smart enough when I chose scripture not to choose scripture with crazy hard words. I was not. So we're going to get through this together. Our scripture today comes from the book of Acts. We were in Acts last week. We're in Acts again this week. Chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. And Paul is on a journey. Hear these words. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Here we go. We sailed from Troas, straight from Samothrace, and came to Neapolis the following day. From there, we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district, and a Roman colony. We stayed in the city several days, and on the Sabbath, we went outside the city to a riverbank where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk to the woman who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a gentle God-worshipper from the city of Thyura, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. So we get to this point earlier in the chapter, Paul has met Temp Timothy and enlisted him. And so now Paul has a posse and he's off sharing the good news and the love of Christ in all the ways that he can. So our story here begins with an open heart, a heart that was open to have a dream and then to act upon it. That vision that Paul had, he immediately gathered everyone and they began to prepare and they left. A heart was open enough to be all in at a nudge from the Holy Spirit and set out on this faith journey to end up at a point that may or may not have been a mystery. I mean, I think that Paul knew where Macedonia was, but I don't think that he knew who he was going to meet. The vision was just a man. But Holy Spirit led, Paul and his team set off on a mission that takes a little bit of a risk, heads off into the unknown, has an open heart to hear the word of the Holy Spirit and, and the hope and the affirmation to go and be all in. All in with everything that they had just to up and go. A dream, a vision, let's go. So this story begins with an open heart. See, I think sometimes we want to skip to the end. We want to know what's going to happen on the other side. We want to see what the result is before we move. We, we want 
to be assured that all is going to be okay. Sometimes our efforts might be better served focusing on opening hearts, right? Calling the Spirit to come and open the hearts of those we meet, continually praying over our own heart that we may be open enough to catch a glimpse of the Holy Spirit at work. Maybe even while we're sleeping. So what do we see here in these words? Like, we, we see the words, you know, Paul had a dream, a man said go to Macedonia, they prepared to leave immediately. But there's a lot more in this scripture than, than just that action. So for the second week, we have opened our story with a vision. God is sharing um, his plan with those that we are seeing and those that are beginning the church through visions. We don't see a lot of waffling here, right? We don't see a lot of questioning, should I go? Was it real? Was it really a vision? Was it from God? Like, what was that vision? Was it really a man? Was it Macedonia or did I get it wrong? No, we see these words immediately. Paul changed course and followed the Holy Spirit to Macedonia to help someone he did not know with no name or no address, just a vision that said, go. So I'm just curious, you don't have to raise your hands, I can tell by the faces, how many of you have had a vision or a word from the Lord and just dropped everything, changed course, turned around, and followed? Oh, good, okay. At least one of us here has done so. Maybe two, maybe three, a few. But, like, how scary is it? I mean, I got a plan. I know where I'm going. I know what the next step is. I got this vision. And then the Holy Spirit wants to mess all that up. Really? The Holy Spirit often nudges us to do something that was not part of our plan. And let's face it, we don't like change. We like to know the comfort of what is to come. We like to know what the steps are. We like to see the plan laid out. We like to check off the boxes. And then at the end of all the checked boxes, voila, we're there, right? I mean, I put GPS on in my car just so I know each little step. I can tell you in 20 miles, we're going to make this turn, and in 500 miles, we're going to make this turn. I like the checking of the boxes. But newsflash, in case you didn't know, God does not always fit in our parameters. The Holy Spirit doesn't always work and maybe never works in the known. And in fact, I think that it's the wonder of the work when we see those unexpected things, that's where the blessing is. So Paul had this vision, right? And he heard God, or he had a vision that was from God, and he, he decided that he was going to act on this vision. But how, how do we hear God? How do we know that the, the dream that you left the door open is a vision from God versus just a dream because your mind was still working at night? 
So I, I do share as much as you will allow me to how God speaks to me because I think it's important. Part of the way that God called me to serve in ministry was through this idea that God is alive and active in our world now, today. He's speaking, there's still visions, there's still dreams, there's, there's still ways that God is speaking into our life through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is alive and well in our communities, in our lives, in our churches. And so here's how I hear God. And I share this in case that you haven't had this experience, that you know how it can happen. So usually for me, it's in the usual ways. I mean, I pray, I read scripture, I listen to music, but... And that sounds pretty usual, but I think what's unusual is that I hear God speaking in those ways. So maybe a scripture shows up so many times that it's like God trying to beat down my door going, would you just look at this? Or maybe it's through the repetition of a particular phrase or sentence that keeps running through music. So it's not the same song, but it's the same message over and over and over again. So for me, it's repetition. Clearly, I don't get it the first time. So I explain this to be sort of like breadcrumbs. Like I, I see God leaving me little morsels of goodness to follow along a path. Or cookie crumbs. We have a lot of cookies, so cookie crumbs tends to be maybe a little bit better. Um, and I do believe that this is how the Holy Spirit speaks. Like, Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit to guide us, so I think that this is how the guiding works. And I am in awe every time that I see God work in a way where it's like, you know, you know that something that you prayed about or saw or thought about happened, and then you're like, oh my goodness, the Spirit is here. So just to give you an example of how this works, because I do share crazy stories here and there, and if you're around, stop in. I'll tell you a crazy story from the day, because it seems like we can't keep up with the crazy stories that keep happening at how the Holy Spirit is guiding. But my favorite story from the past week is how the Holy Spirit showed up in donuts. Yes, I said it, donuts. So um, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday here, we have students that come in, and some students have been here a while, some are new, and on this particular day, we had a group of new students. And Miriam works with our volunteers, our student volunteers as they come in, and she is amazing. If you get a chance to stop in and watch her, she has a smile that will light up a room, but she also has a way of creating conversation in students. And so, normal conversation, how was your day, how was school, what's going on, and she just pulls it out of them, even if they don't want to speak. And so there was a particular young man who was there, and he was like, yeah, my day was fine. Had a good day. Nope, nothing could be better. And she wouldn't take that for an answer. And she's like, you sure? What could make your, like, you had a good day, things were wonderful. What could make your day even better? Anything, anything in the world, what would your, make your day better? You see it coming, right? Well, my day would be better if I had a donut. So just to be clear, we don't have a regular way prior to this moment of getting donuts at Nourishing Lives. Cookies, yes. Bread, sure. Donuts, not so much. 
Well, lo and behold, something had occurred and didn't even connect it. I knew nothing about this conversation, but Nick comes walking in with two big bins like a hundred donuts right after this conversation. So here's the cool part of this is we got to say, oh my goodness, one, please go choose your donut. And two, did you see what just happened? And to talk to the kids and to those who are here like, oh my goodness, you got to hear the story. This is how this happened. Can you believe that? We never get donuts. We just got two bins of donuts. And somebody just said, I wish I had a donut. And there's the donuts. We do have a partner in the community that was a new partner coming on board literally within the past 24 to 48 hours of this conversation. So no one knew what the other was doing. So you could say, and some of you will say, oh, that's just coincidence. I think not. God works in the ordinary, the everyday things, to create extraordinary moments of blessing. And if we are looking, we can see that. But we have to believe that the Holy Spirit is leading and working and doing amazing things in our community. So we're back to Paul now. Paul has a vision, he gets up, he heads off to Macedonia because this vision has a man, and it specifically says a man asking him to come, and he finds Lydia, not a man. And in this going, he finds Lydia, and he finds a person who is a person of faith. Paul goes to the people he answers the call of the Holy Spirit, and he reaches out with the gospel and spreading the church, doing something new based on a vision he had. Right? That was all in our scripture. So the Holy Spirit, I think, has led us here and also led Nourishing Lives and some of the ministries that we're a part of to find new spaces, the Macedonias of the world, to be called and to go. That's probably not surprising to most everybody. So this idea of new spaces is called something fresh. We're very creative in the Methodist Church. It's fresh expressions. It's a, a movement out of England, and it's embraced by our bishop, and it says that a fresh expression of church is a new form of church trying to connect with people who don't normally go to church. So our visions for the past two weeks are reaching Gentiles, people who aren't typically in the temple. So I beg to, like, sort of an argument might be that fresh expressions, new and different, aren't actually new and different. They may have started back in biblical times when we were spreading the church, and the new and different was going out to places and finding new people and sharing the love and the hope and the belonging and the faith that God has to offer. The good news of Jesus Christ is spread by those who have open hearts, who are willing to go. And cross lines, Jew, Gentile, male, female, young, old, rich, poor, and share that love of Christ to answer that nudge of the Spirit. So, okay, so what have we learned? I mean, we've done a whole lot of lead up here, so what have we learned? So the church began 
the spreading of the church began with something new. It was diverse and different people, places, ages, male, female, Jew, Gentile. We were sent, we were, were led to go by the Holy Spirit, and mission was done in community. Paul did not go alone. Paul went with a group of people. Paul had his peeps, and he was out and about sharing the gospel of Christ. Along the way, there were partnerships that were formed, and church began to grow and continued in communities. So as Paul went into a community, a community was formed, the Holy Spirit led, and then that continued to grow. The Holy Spirit leads us to work in partnership with others. So if I think about all of this, Paul left with a team. So what does this look like for us today? If we're taking this story and we're trying to figure out how does it speak to us, how is the Spirit leading us? So we first need to know who our partners are. We can't grow in mission and service without partners in mission and service, right? So we need partners. And then we have to know what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Where's our Macedonia? If there's a dream and a vision that starts this whole thing, where are we being called to go and do? In the story, we have Timothy and Lydia and, and the partners. Who are our Timothys? Who are our Lydias? Who are our people of peace that are being placed in our path by the Holy Spirit? And how can we help? New people, new places, people that aren't here probably will never come here because they don't know what we know. Once they know what we know, then there's, there's the love and there's the connection and all that. Before they know what we know, we have to find them. When we find those people, that's a place where the ordinary can experience the extraordinary love of Christ, like the donuts, right? So Lydia was serving and sharing and leading in her home. She was a female, a Gentile, a Jesus follower. She was pretty radical for her time. So what does new and different radical look like for us? The temple was still worshiping when Paul was out growing the church and spreading the good news. The same is also true today. We're here. We are lovers of Jesus. We are here worshiping together. It's never a question of one or the other. It's always a question of both and. How can we do it and have it all? We grow the kingdom by embracing others where they are. We grow the kingdom by letting the Holy Spirit do the extraordinary work of opening hearts. See, today our story begins and ends with an opened heart. The difference is how many hearts are open for action now. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we close our eyes to pray, let your spirit fall upon us. Fill this place and this community with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us. Fill us with your vision for God's kingdom. 
Fill us with your love for others, that we would act immediately to your call, that we would move upon your vision, and we would love without limits. Lord, open our hearts today. Open our hearts for action for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's join together in song. Would you stand with us as we sing? There's something about this song that means so much to me. Have you been thirsty and you drink water, but you still don't feel like it quenched your thirst? When I think about Jesus, he's the fountain of life. Go figure that out. When I can't see where I'm going because of things look dim, he's the light of the world. So I get to experience that. When I'm hungry, he's the bread of life. So he's always enough. That's the gist of what this song is all about. So I pray that you leave with this song in your heart.
go now with the blessing and the assurance that the love of God is reaching out and calling you, appearing to you, coming to you, seeking your open heart to follow in the way of Christ. Amen. Amen.